Hi, this is Brian Donahue. I'm the planner and lead pastor at Pursuit Friends Church. We're really excited and humbled that you've chosen to spend some time with us this week. We here at Pursuit Friends are committed to pursuing God with abandon and passion. We'd love for you to be a part of our Sunday morning gathering as we worship, hear the message from God's Word, and fellowship. We've got a great community that the whole family can feel a part of something special and authentic. I'll talk more about that at the end of our message this week, though. I hope you've come hungry for the Word, that you're at a place in your heart to receive a challenging and life-giving Word from the Lord today. Let's dive in together. But we're, we're in a series called Get Real, and... Uh, this week, I've really felt the Lord, um, this whole thing about staying focused, which is the title of uh, my message this week, staying focused. And it's really important to us as a church, especially in light of a possible move and shift to a new facility that we see coming uh, maybe sooner than later. Um and staying focused is going to be really important that we focus on the main things, that we keep the goal and what God has for us in sight and in plain view. But staying focused is, is more than just that because we're not just Christians and disciples and followers of Christ. That, that is what defines us and makes us who we are. But we also have to live life in the world, right? We have to go to work. We have to go to school. We have to live in our houses, in our neighborhoods. We have to engage in relationships. And so how do we stay focused in the midst of a very busy life, a very busy atmosphere and culture that is America? And so today, as we go through this, a lot of this is, is focused on us as a church, but I want you to read between the lines and see my heart that these are things that we can apply to our individual lives, that we must apply to our individual lives as Christians. Because we can talk about what we desire for Pursuit Friends Church or for the body of Christ at large, but really the body of Christ is only as strong as its individual members are. Does that make sense? We have to be living this gospel out everywhere we go, not just on Sunday mornings. If we're just a Sunday morning church, I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm done yesterday. We're not, thank the Lord. We're not that church. But if that's what we become, that's when I start to go, okay, what do we need to shake away or drop off? What do we need to change, God? What do we need to refocus on? And so especially for us, as we have been uh, the last week in particular, heavily talking about a possible um, location up here off State Street, um, that we just need to stay focused. <coughs> we need to make sure that we don't just let that consume us and let that and let let the desire for that. And let me tell you, I have a big desire for that. Okay, You all know that if you've been talking to me this past week, I have a big desire for that. But I have a big desire for that if we stay focused. And if we stick to what God has called us out to be about. And I have that desire, even if we stay here long term. We have to stay focused on what God has called us to. 
And so I'm just going to share some things from my heart today. Uh, we are, we do have some passages, passages of scripture we're going to look at. We're actually going to look at our vision document and our four key pursuits. Don't put that up yet, but we, we are going to talk about that um, a little bit today. I'm just going to share with you guys uh, uh, some things from my heart. And I've written a bunch of stuff down, um, especially over the last two days, uh, last night and this morning in particular, that, that I just, I wanted to make sure I wrote it out so that I could get everything out. Because I'm a guy and I forget. I have really good ideas and then the next minute I forget them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> At least I think they're really good ideas. Um one of the hardest parts of planning a church, and that's what this is. This is a church plant, which means this is something new that God is doing. This is something um, starting from scratch in a sense, but not from scratch because we have the word of God. We have um, uh, uh, kind of the, the instruction book for how we are to live life and in how the body of Christ should behave and act and grow. Um, but for our sake, it's, it's this thing, it's beginning a new work And one of the hardest parts of planning a church is protecting the vision that God has given you. I've had many pastors, even some from overseas that have said, Brian, protect the vision at all costs. Don't let people come in and hijack it. Don't let people come in and take it away or diminish it. As we go through this process, we need to make sure that we're holding on to that inspiration that God has given us for starting this new work. We can't lose sight of what God has laid on our hearts as to the why behind what we're trying to do. The second hardest part of planning a church is making sure that you are bathing it in prayer. We just don't have enough of a prayer culture in America, in the American church. We give it a lot of lip service, but we don't really truly engage in that like we should. And it's vitally important to make sure that this is of God and not of our flesh, making sure that we're soaking in the presence of God continually. It's really important and really hard when you consider how we're being pulled in a million different directions, especially while we're trying to do this thing. For those of us on the launch team, we're pouring our energy, our passion, our heart into this. And yet when we're done being together, we have to go back into our homes and our neighborhoods, right? We've got to go back to school. We've got to engage in life. We've got to go back to our jobs and we've got to figure out how to do that with just as much passion, right? Because we don't just want to honor God in what we're doing here at Pursuit Friends Church. We want our whole lives to bring glory and honor unto God. And the third hardest thing is finding the right people to share this work with. The co-workers you choose are an important piece to this puzzle. The picture that God is creating of this new work. If they are not on board or sold out for the vision, they could actually slow the work down or even distort it, capture it, or impose their own agenda and vision. This is one reason why prayer is so important. You've got to use wisdom and trust the Lord to lead you to the right people or to lead the right people to you. As I begin to really pursue God in my own life about starting a church, 
Um, it was scary because that, that means that meant I was going to have to leave a full-time paid position at a large friend's church. It meant that my wife had to be on board. I had to convince her and ask the Holy Spirit to lead her and guide her and direct her that this is what God truly had for both of us. Um, I had to trust another piece of the puzzle for me and me and my wife was they Peyton and Brody were part of a rich kids ministry at, at, at Jackson that they loved and adored and looked forward to every week. I mean, Peyton was just thriving in that. And so one of the reasons why I began to pray, Lord, Lord, help us have a really rich and thriving kids ministry is there's a selfish part of that. Cause I wanted to make sure that my kids had that same type of excitement for being a part of the body of Christ and walking into a church building or a community and fellowship. And I think by the grace of God and his blessing, we're experiencing that as a church that as new kids have come, that they seem to have blended in so beautifully and they're all friends and they all get along except for the occasional punch, you know, right cross and, you know, wrestling match that happens. <clears throat> but God is blessing that. And I believe God has blessed me with you guys um, that said yes when I, I came to you and asked you to pray. God has blessed us immensely. I praise God for the people he led me to and the people that he's led to me thus far as, as the planter and pastor of this thing. I couldn't ask for a more passionate, hardworking, radical group of disciples to be on this journey with than the Joneses, the Alls, the Pattisals, the Ensels, and Mallory and Chrissy. You guys have been amazing and such an inspiration to me that as you have begun to pour out your lives over this thing called Pursuit Friends Church, it's just been just really satisfying for me to sit back and just watch you guys grow to watch you guys get excited about something. Cause I know you're, you're not excited about me. You're excited about Jesus. And that's why you're here. That's why you're here. I can't imagine a better team than you guys. You've been giving your gifts, your talents, your energy, your passion, even your tithes and offerings in a way that has been selfless and crucial to the things God has accomplished already within us. And, and we just need to take some time and recognize that we've come a long way, haven't we? Since we started meeting in June in this very room. We've come a long way. We've grown as a church. We've added several families since those original gatherings. We've seen God do some amazing restorative and revival-like things in our individual lives, in our marriages, and in our families. Uh, it, was, it was really cute for me and, and just encouraging my daughter and, and son just so look forward to Sunday when y'all are here. They really love you guys. I don't know what. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, they, they really do, and they really look forward to being with you and um, giving you hugs and running their heads right into your guts, you know, and just um, dive bombing you. And, and uh, um, it was just really amazing for me as Peyton was squirming around up front here during worship. Um, just just as she was looking around, she's like, Daddy, look at all these people. And, and she said, Daddy, Penelope's here. I just love her. She's just the best. And and just just, you know, just her excitement for 
what is happening. I believe our kids can sense that they're a part of something a little bit bigger and something special. And it's not just because we're here and, and it's because the spirit of God is alive here and is allowed to move and breathe and have his way. Amen. All of us have become alive to the mission of God and his call upon our lives to be disciple makers, to be light in the darkness and to be the very hands and feet of Jesus upon the earth. We shared in fellowship that is rare in this culture of in and out church where people get antsy if the service goes longer than an hour. And per perhaps the reason many Christians have this mentality is because far too many churches offer little um, of the actual manifest presence of God in their services. Maybe if more churches spent more time worshiping and praying instead of spending 10 minutes on announcements, but I digress. We're just, we're never going to be that church that wastes that much time on announcements. We're going to spend more time worshiping, more time praying, more time in God's word. And I've shared this with, with y'all many times, but we're just, we're going to be a church that's, that's going to have a heart to linger in the presence of God. We're already gathering early before church to pray at 920, by the way, if you want to come and join us in that corporate time of prayer, we're just praying over our service, over our church, over our own lives, over the ministry that's being offered. I was very blessed by the prayers offered up for our kids this morning. Uh, and for my wife that is teaching down there today, it's just an anointed, powerful prayer. But we shared in something that is really, truly rare. And we have an incredible opportunity with Pursuit Friends Church to be a part of something special, powerful, and life-giving if we stay focused. Keeping our eyes on the Lord and the vision he has given us is so important and can never be repeated too much. So what I'm saying to you right now is that as your pastor, you might get sick and tired of hearing about the vision. There's going to come a time when you might say, dude, we've been over this. But what happens in churches down as, as they grow and as they become stable and lasting and they're maintaining and hopefully growing is, is that oftentimes we just lose sight of what the actual vision is. <laughs> and so everybody comes and they have their own ideas, their own agendas, their own. And then it can either become stale or lost or just there's just this cacophony of what we're about. And as a church, we need to stay focused on what our vision is and what our heart for God is and his heart for this world around us. We can't lose sight of why we are Pursuit Friends Church. Even the name Pursuit is very meaningful to me because I love hearing that down there. They're having a ball. But the name Pursuit Friends Church is not just a neat gimmicky name that I came up with, it's, it's the, my heart for going after God with all that I have. And to be a part of a church that is not afraid to really truly pursue God with abandon and passion, it's not just our tagline on our logo. It's what we desire, it's what we want. We want people to come into this place and, 
encounter God and experience God and be invited into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. But we want them to be discipled. We want them to grow and we want to be discipled and grow. And we want to pursue God with abandon and passion with all that we have, with all that we are, not just on Sunday mornings for an hour or two. Not just for a Bible study on Wednesday nights, but that when we leave this place, we are energized and charged and ready and equipped to go out into all the world and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to everyone who will listen. That's what we're about. And Caleb, you can put this up. The why is really broken down into four parts, or we call them key f- or four key pursuits. And we are in the process right now. We've been slowed down a little bit the last week because of our uh, looking at this facility. Um, But we are in the process of refining our vision statement to make it more clear and concise. Um, I'm a run on sentence guy. So um, I I had like four major run on sentences or something in there (laughs) originally. Um, But we're also going to, as a part of that, refine or just make sure we're clearly communicating, I guess, is the better. We're not really changing anything. It's just clearly communicating what our mission is and what our values are. And, and I really see them wrapped around these four key pursuits. And these are things that the Lord gave me during rich, deep times of worship as Ron and I were at church um, in that big sanctuary worshiping God. If you listen to the podcast this past week of Behind the Scenes, you can kind of get some of that some of that story of, of as Ron and I talk about our experience praying together and getting to know each other during that time. Um, but these things came directly out of one time in particular um, where I was just, I had made the decision. I think I'd asked you guys, original three couples to come and join me and you were praying about it and seeking the Lord about it. And I just one time in prayer just said, Lord, would you just give me the things that you want this to be about? Cause I know what I think they should be about, but I want them to be what you want, want them to be about. And so the Lord just really in, in about a half hour time period gave me this. And again, the wording of this is not what's inspired of the Holy spirit. It's just the heart behind it. Okay. Our four key pursuits as a church is our discipleship. We believe in pursuing God's will for our lives and reading his word and following after him and applying that to our lives and walking as disciples of Jesus Christ, where we are pursuing him with all that we have, all that we are. And then secondly, worship. And these are in no particular order, I guess, but worship, pursuing God's presence. We want to linger in God's presence. We don't don't just want even our worship just to be something that, and today it was different because of what's happening in my voice. Um, We usually have a four-piece little band up here um, that that we use for worship uh, for our guests, just so you know. Um, But today was just a unique experience for us. Um, but thank God for Spotify. And, um, but we really desire to worship God with our lives, with our songs, but we, we want to encounter the very presence of God. We want this to be much more than just head knowledge that God is here because in his word, he says, we're two or three are gathered in my name. There I am. 
we believe in encountering the very presence, the holy presence of God, and that that alone can change us and soften our hearts and get us in a place where we can receive his word truly, not just settle us down and calm us down, but to where we are in the presence of God, engaging with God, and he has our full attention. He's captivated us. And three, we're on mission together, pursuing God's heart for reaching all people. And, and we, we need to highlight or somehow as we work through our mission, guys, we need that word all to be make sure that we are emphasizing all people. Everybody that comes into this place or that we come in contact with, everybody needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. They need to hear hope. They need to hear about the restorative power of Jesus, his saving grace. Yes, but they, they just, every single person, no matter their age, no matter their color or ethnicity, no matter um, their orientation in any way that their lifestyle, everybody needs to hear about Jesus. And so we are pursuing everybody that is lost, everybody that's hurting, everybody that needs hope in their life. No matter their circumstance, no matter where they are today, that's the heart of God for the gospel. That's his heart for everyone. And then four, multiplication, pursuing obedience to the Great Commission by planting churches. And we're going to focus on that a little bit more here in a minute. But this is who we are. When I asked you guys to be a part of it, you original three at least. This I gave you a document, and, and all of you that are a part of our launch team have seen this document. And you agreed, whether you knew it or not, <laughs> that this is what this is who we are, this is what we're about. It's very plain and very simple, these things. And I believe that if we pursue these things with all of our hearts, we'll continue to see God do amazing, incredible, mind-blowing things in us and through us for all of his glory. Amen. I believe people want to be a part of something that's alive. Ron has said that to me, and I've heard him say that to other people. People want to be a part of something that's alive. I, I just, I, I, I remember when, uh, if I can, and I wasn't going to do this, but I, I remember when the Ansels first came. I just, it, it was, I believe you guys said, this is, this is God's here. This is real. These people are alive and we want to be a part of that. It was, it was amazing. And it was, you guys were really our first as a <coughs> core team. Now we're calling ourselves a launch team, right? Thanks to our training um, from NCS. But uh, you, you guys were really the first example for us as a church of, it was affirmation to us that this was alive. As you guys came in and were like, yeah. This is where we want to be. It was so encouraging to us. I hope you know that. It was so encouraging and just so, it was just like, it was almost like I was just going, oh, God, yes. Because so often in churches, you, you, you can think that you have a certain atmosphere, but we were all close, right? We had already agreed to engage. So when you guys came into us and said, yes, this is alive, we were just like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Like, it's true. It's, it's not just us. We're not just happy. You know, we're not just comfortable. 
Somebody else came in and said, yes, this is a place where God is alive. And that's what we want to keep going with. Amen. People want to be a part of something that is alive, that's vibrant, that's rich with fellowship and authentic, selfless sacrifice. People want to be a part of something that's alive. And I believe we're alive. We're excited to be together, to show up early in order to pray together. What? What? You guys are crazy. Crazy radicals. This is radical in today's day and age. We stay after service to partake in greater fellowship as we eat lunch together. We've rearranged our lives because we are hungry for more than the bland, dull, and boring form of Christianity that many people in America have come to regard as as good as it gets. I mean, we have rearranged <laughs> our lives. I, right? Amen. We've rearranged some things. Because we, first of all, we're called to it. We've been called to it. But second, because we have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And we believe that God has called us, not just us, but every Christian to something more than just this Americanized form of Christianity where we're really pursuing the American dream, not a life of surrender and sacrifice and worship to God. There is a mission that God has given those who are called by his name. And there are people who are lost and hurting and blind to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They need to know how to invite Jesus into their lives so that he can save them from the penalty of their sin, so that he can wash them clean and make them like new. They need to know how to surrender everything to him to make him their king. And then they must be made into disciples. They need to be shown how to grow in their faith and knowledge of who God is and what he expects of us as, as children. We need to share with people God's story. Can you tell that I had lunch with Dan Haney yesterday or Thursday? He reminded me, Brian, tell people about God's story. So important to figure out how we fit into the story of God throughout history. And how we fit into that narrative and how we have been called to purpose and to be light in a world that is darkened by sin. So we invite people into this relationship with Jesus. It's our first priority, even over inviting people to pursue friends, church. Amen. Amen. We point people to Jesus first as the reason we have hope not to pursue friends, church. Because if all you have, if your hope comes from me or pursue friends, church, you're in trouble, Jack. <laughs> telling you that right now. But we invite people to Jesus. We point people to Jesus first as the reason we have hope, the reason we have joy in spite of our circumstances. The reason we live the way we do is because of Jesus, for Jesus, for his glory, and to draw others onto him. And when we live like this, others around us who we come in contact with will notice that something is different. And that is what we want. Hear me out. Listen to this. Take hold of this, okay? We want to be different. If you don't want to be different, if you're a believer and Jesus is in you and you don't want to be different, you just want to blend in with society, with culture, 
You're going to be very uncomfortable here. Which, by the way, you're going to be very uncomfortable here if the opposite is true. Because we're going to the lost. We're going to stand up for justice as a church. We are going to pursue what God calls us to with abandon and passion, even if it means we become unpopular. Even if it, there's sacrifice involved. We don't want to blend in as a church. Our mission is too important and too much is at stake to try and spend our energy blending in with the culture, trying to win them over to make them think we're hip, cool, or relevant. The gospel is relevant. Jesus is relevant. What this world needs to see is radical love, radical sacrifice, radical mission. And all of these things are embodied in the risen Christ. If we live in such a way that points people to the risen Christ, then they will radically be transformed and radically saved into a life-changing relationship with Jesus. And because of the radical nature of their transformation, they will in turn tell others about their encounter with Jesus. And this is what we've lost in the body of Christ oftentimes. We've lost our first love. We've lost that passion. We go about our lives as if nobody around us is facing an eternity in hell. I watched um, a lot this the last few days because a ministry that I follow, Apologia Church and Studios, put out a video called, um, they use the hashtag B-A-M number two or something like that. And a few years ago, they produced a video called Babies Are Murdered Here. And they just did a follow-up to that called Babies Are Still Murdered Here. And this is a ministry that does a lot for um, the pro-life movement in the sense of from a Christian's perspective. Because National Right to Life is not a Christian organization. They reject all forms of ideas of using the Bible as the standard for why. They're trying to save babies' lives. They reject it outright. They're not going to use the Bible as their standard. <laughs> and so this church, he, they interviewed people, and through the process of their first movie, they found this out, and they said, oh my gosh, that's not how we believe God has called us to fight this Holocaust in our nation, is, is we've got to start our own thing. Um, and so they created a ministry, and... Um, we may even watch the film together one one evening um, that they made, but uh, as I've watched that the, the last few days, and when you think about the fact that as Christians, we know, we have the knowledge that people around us are hurting and lost and just need the hope of Jesus. And we can just go about our days and brush shoulders and work with people and almost have no thought to that. And it's the same way with abortion in our country. There's, there's just a lot of Christians that just thousands and thousands and thousands, over 60 million babies have been aborted in this nation. Where's our brokenness over that? 
Where's our heartache over that as Christians? God has called us to speak out against injustice. And that's uncomfortable. We need to be radically saved. John 10.10 says this, and here's the good news. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That's not good news, I know, but here's what the good news is. (laughs) I have come so that they may have life and have it to the full. That is good news. That is what God has called us to. Jesus came so that we could have life, but not just life, but that we could have it to the fullest. So that our hope and joy comes no matter what circumstance we're in in life, no matter what we're faced against, no matter what people say about us, no matter what we're going through, no matter what mistakes we have, God has good things for us. And he's called us to live our lives to the full. It doesn't mean we'll be fantastically, fabulously rich and wealthy. But it means that at the end of the day, we'll be to lay our heads down on the pillow and say, God, what else could I ask for? You bless me. You encourage me. You fill me with hope and joy. Yeah, this thing is going on in my life, but God, I don't have to worry about that or, or just obsess about that because I know you're in control and you've got it and you love me and you're a good father. Jesus came to give us life. So even though there is, in, in, there is this life of surrender, when coming into the saving knowledge of Jesus, there is also this sense of gratefulness when we enter into a relationship with him. He becomes our everything, and he's a good father who cares for his children and nourishes them with his word. He guides us. Psalm 119, 105, one of my favorite passages. I remember this as a kid, and there's even a, a great old worship song associated with this. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Man, if you're a Christian and you love the Lord and you feel lost, like get into his word. It is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. As we progress as a church, as Pursuit Friends Church grows and we will grow, get ready. It's coming. It's already happening. We don't exist to grow. Okay. Again, this is part of staying focused. It's not a part of our mission just to grow. But if the spirit of God is with us and in us and we are living lives as testimony to his goodness. And if his presence is continually poured out over our gatherings, guess what? They will come. We will grow. People are looking for something that's alive. Remember? And I'm not just talking about born again (laughs) believers. Even those that are searching and seeking will be drawn to something they perceive as alive and vibrant. So as a church, we seek to invite people into a saving relationship with Jesus. We do this in our services, but this is really lived out to its greatest potential when we are living in mission to those around us. We invite people to Jesus. We invite people to Jesus. Don't invite people to come meet your pastor. I mean, I think I'm pretty cool, but I can't save anybody. Invite people to Jesus. Invite people to see, look into your life and see that you have tasted and seen that he is good. Let God do the work. 
Then as people enter into a relationship with him, they'll begin to enter the process of discipleship, learning more about God's story and our place in it. And discipleship is something that happens over the entire life of a Christian, but it doesn't take an entire lifetime to become a disciple. What it takes is hunger and thirst for righteousness, a desire to obey God and a willingness to follow through with that in obedience. What is the greatest sign that someone is a disciple of Jesus Christ? It isn't how much knowledge they have of the Bible. It's, it has nothing to do with the title or position in the church. It's not based on outward um, appearance. It's obedience. John 15 or John 14, 15. Jesus says this. If you love me, you will what? Keep my commandments. If you love me, you will obey. I have this conversation all the time with my kids. If you really loved me, you would obey me, right? Like, just please obey me. That's how I want you to show me your love the most. I love the hugs. I love the kisses, paint and joy, but obey me. God desires his children to obey him. Just because someone can talk the talk doesn't mean necessarily that they're walking the walk. Here's what 1 John 2, 4 through 5 says. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. If you can't say amen, you better say ouch. <coughs> and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. Obedience. Caleb, if you can put this next slide up. This is the life of a Christian. If you break it down to its bare bones, there's a lot more involved, but this is, this is really the foundation surrender when we talk about coming into the saving knowledge of jesus we need to be encouraging people that christ said pick up your cross daily and follow me it's not just about love 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 all you need is love there is a surrender that has to happen as we invite jesus into our heart because he will be he, he is a jealous God, the Bible says. He will not be mocked. He will not be, he will not allow you to worship any other God before him. And there has to be surrender, a yielding of our will to his will, truly following and pursuing after him. <laughs> Excuse me. There is transformation that happens in the life of a believer. As we encounter Christ and we follow and pursue after him, there is transformation as God's in the Holy Spirit starts to change things in us. And we desire to follow after him more and more and to obey him more and more. And there's worship that ought to be evident in the life of a Christian or a disciple or a Christ follower. And yeah, it's a song. It's, it's gathering together and worshiping together, but it's, it's our whole life lived out in glory and honor to God. There's discipleship that has to be there. There has to be growth. We have to understand that day by day, we need to change and become a little more Christ-like along the way. And then we have to understand that we are on mission. 
that this isn't just for us. Uh, us gathering together as Pursuit French Church is not just so that we feel good and we feel happy and so that we can, you know, enjoy our time together. Oh, those are all wonderful things, and hopefully we do. That is true. But there's a mission. Every single Christian is called to share about Jesus Christ. Every single Christian has been tasked and commissioned with that. We're all called to evangelism in, in some form, that our lives are living in a way that it speaks about who Jesus is and what he's done in us. And of course, obedience. We need to live in obedience. Do you see the movement that's implied in these words? There is growth that can always happen in the life of a Christ follower throughout our entire lives. More surrender, more transformation, more worship. All of those things can be increased. As a church, we need to understand this concept of movement. We have to be willing to go as individuals and as a larger body wherever God leads us. And I just want to encourage us. I'm almost done, I promise. <coughs> that the vision for this church is much bigger than this house. And it has always been. It has always been bigger than this place. We're willing to obey God, do what he says. But when I first began to pursue God for this because of what he was birthing inside of me, um, there is practically no sense that we were ever going to be a house church. Open to that, obedient to that if God said do this. But um, it, it's always been bigger than this. God said start in this house which was a shift for me in my mentality. Because if I'd had it my way, I'd have started out in a larger facility. I'd have trusted God for, you know, that was going to be my big faith step, right? Provide the money, Lord, you know, bigger facility than my house, you know. Um, launch with 100, 200 people, you know, that's what I was kind of thinking. And the Lord said, slow your roll, Donahue. Let me build this thing. Let me do this work. Because you know what? God knows me. And he knows that there are times when I need to let go of glory. When I need to make sure that I'm giving all of that to him. God simply said, start in your house and let me provide for you the next step after that. Start small so I can receive all the glory, so I can build something in you. And we've seen God do that, right? He's bound our hearts and our lives together, and our fellowship has been rich. Our encounters with God has been powerful to change our lives. We've been awakened to the knowledge that there is so much more than we ever dreamed possible when it comes to the outpouring of a spirit upon us in our gatherings. He's alive. This is alive. Amen. This is authentic. It's raw. It's not too polished or showy. We just want more of God. We're hungry for more of him. We are hungry for more of you, God. We desire more of you. That hunger should drive us to want to include more and more people into this fellowship, to welcome them into this community.
I'm going to digress for just a minute. We're looking at this building off State Street um, to rent, not to purchase, but to rent uh, in order to hold services and maybe for our Wednesday night Bible studies too. And it's a great facility. Uh, I'm excited about this. It's got a lot of potential. Um, uh, we've got, there's still some things that we need answered, questions we still need answered, of course, and discernment that has to be had and prayer and all that stuff. Um, but it, it appears at least like this is a great opportunity. Like, like this could be where we're going to fall next. Um, and I'm excited about that. I'm excited about how God brought us into awareness of this space. Um, also, we're just looking at things like having the outdoor space here is great for lunches, but as it's getting colder, um, and colder, it's going to be harder. We're going to feel even more jam packed in here. Um, so to think that God could be providing that is, is pretty exciting to have a place where we can do all of those things and not be crammed in here. But, but also to think that we have a chance to grow, um, in that place. And it's not too much for us. And here's what we need to keep our focus on as a church. And, and we do that most effectively when we do this as individuals. Okay. We need to understand that change is always hard and even scary, no matter where we fall. If God says, this is the place it's going to be awesome and exciting, but it's also going to be a little scary. If it's somewhere else, if we need to chill out and wait a little longer and just trust God a little longer for that, when that place comes, it's still going to, there's going to be that scary, you know, just God, this is taking a step of faith is big. It's hard sometimes. It's like this exciting thing. We're excited about it. But if we're really honest, there's also this a little bit of, ooh, you know, this is different. This is going to look different. Change is always hard. But our call as a church has never been to just have a wonderful small group of people who enjoy fellowship and worshiping together. It's never been our call. The vision of this church has always been to reach as many people as possible with the gospel of Jesus Christ. To make disciples who will make disciples. To pursue God's presence and worship. To be on mission with the gospel of Jesus Christ and and I feel like, like I probably need to stress this more as your pastor, but to plan other churches. Um, we can't lose sight of that part of this thing. We need to focus. <laughs> Joe said something at our last meeting um, uh, on Wednesday night, I believe it was, that, that is so true. And he said, someday soon, God may call someone from this group. Um right here to, to go and start a new work. You could call one of us in this room right here or in the other room to go and start a new work. And that could happen in six months, even sooner. If God decides to do that work, it could happen in a year or two years. And that's going to be scary. That's going to be hard. That's going to even be gut-wrenching because what that means is possibly half of us are going to receive that call as well, especially if we stay 100, 200 people, maybe at the max. That means we are going to be commissioning people and people are going to be made into another team that maybe are focused on that area. And we're going to lay hand, we're going to train you, equip you and disciple you. And you're going to get raised up 
and we're going to lay hands on you and commission you and send you out. And that means that maybe, depending on the model that that, that person feels called to, we could, we could lose 10 people to that new work or we could lose 50 people. And that is going to be hard. That's going to be hard. But what a joyous, amazing, spectacular day that will be and what a work that will be as we see God do this. And I just see us as a church doing that time and time and time again. If God calls us to be a hundred people that every now and then says 10, 15, 20, 30, 50 of us are going to go do this. I believe God will replenish us and grow us again and bring in more church planners and more people that are called to do a unique work. We can't be afraid of this next step. We have to walk in faithfulness to God and trust that he is leading and guiding and directing our steps, that he is that lamp unto our feet. And it's just so important. I don't want there to be any confusion amongst anybody about this and who we are. We are a sending church. We will walk and live as a church with hands wide open to receive the people God has for us, but to also release them when the time comes so that they can build the kingdom of God wherever God would have them go. We are a sending church. And, and, and we're going to be raising up leaders who will start new works. And I just, again, this is one of my highest priorities as a pastor. And it's been so, I just, God has made me alive to this and passionate about this, that God is going to, God has called me as a pastor to build a platform for other people to stand on to let them get up on that platform. It's not about me always being on the platform. It's to build a platform for someone else so that they can be used in ministry, used in preaching, used in leading, used in encouraging, and that they can go out into the world. And if I need to release them, even though they might be great and they might really add a lot to us and I don't want to lose them because that means I'm going to have to find somebody to replace them. But I want to have a spirit of releasing That's one reason why this facility excites me. We can do that, I believe, very effectively in this new place. It's, it's a great kind of bigger for us. It's bigger and will allow us significant growth, but it's not too big. If you'd like to see pictures, we have pictures. I think John probably has still pictures on your phone. I've got pictures on this iPad here we can, we can let you look at. But I believe we can easily keep our sense of closeness and community in this space. But putting aside for a moment, wherever we land after this living room, it's going to require a step of faith. It's not going to be easy. And it's going to require that we stay focused on what God has called us to. And we need to make sure that we don't overcomplicate things. Our vision is simple. Our mission is clear. Our call is to obedience. And one of the things that we can oftentimes get lost along the way is how God has moved in the life of a church along the way. We need to take time to celebrate the things that God has done while staying focused on the ultimate goal and call of God upon this church. We need to testify as to the great and mighty things God has done in our midst, in our own hearts and lives. 
And this practice will help us see God's faithfulness along the way and hopefully avoid being like the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. We want to always remember the goodness and the miracles of God. Amen. We don't want to lose faith because right now we're going through something that's hard. We want to be able to, in those moments, look back and just worship God. That's what the children of Israel failed to do. They got hungry and there was no food. And so they panicked and they whined and complained. Sounds like the American church to me. Instead of looking back and going, wow, the Red Sea thing, that was pretty great. I think God's probably got this. <laughs> you know, there was a huge army coming to slaughter us, take us back, you know, by whatever means necessary. Do you see that big, huge pillar of fire that God put in their way so that we had time to get across? <laughs> kind of crazy. I think God can give us some food. No, they kept forgetting. They kept forgetting. They became whiny. Let's not be that. Let's be a church that always remembers, but always looks ahead in faith. Thank you for joining us today. I hope that you've been encouraged and empowered to live out the gospel wherever you go this week. I'd also like to encourage you to be in God's Word every day. Because as great as I think this podcast is, it's not enough nourishment to get you through the week. Make your faith and relationship with Jesus personal. And the best way to do that is to be in His Word daily. If you don't have a church home, I'd like to invite you to check out Pursuit Friends Church. We'd love to have you join us on a Sunday morning. You can find out more about us at PursuitFriends.org. I hope you have a great week as you pursue God with abandon and passion.